Hi, and welcome back to our broadcast. I'm Brian Likens. You know, I was thinking recently I had listened to an apologetics teacher who was talking to some college students, and they posed the question. One of them said, you know, I didn't choose this life. I didn't choose to be here. I had no choice in the matter. I, you know, I was born in the earth, but I had no choice into it, had no choice of life, no choice of, of anything. And he said, why is it that I have to choose Christ as uh, for salvation? Why do I have to choose for, to, to be saved? Why do I have to choose when I didn't choose to be here? And he, and the teacher gave this, uh, explanation or he gave an illustration of if your parents took you out on a boat, you didn't want to go, but they made you go. They told you you're, you're our child. You're going on the boat with us. They went out on the ocean while they're out there. The storm comes up and the boat begins to sink. They're in danger of drowning. And then someone else comes alongside and says, you know, we're here to help you, to save you. They brought the way of salvation. But do you say, hey, I didn't choose to be out here. I didn't choose this. I didn't choose to come out here. I didn't even want to be here. I didn't choose to come out here. I didn't choose to be in this situation. So I'm not choosing you. That would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? Well, that's kind of how that Christ, what Christ did when Christ came to the earth, God made provision for salvation through Christ in the earth. And many people will say, well, you know, why is it that that's the only way to, to choose, the only way to, to have eternal life? That it was God's plan. That's how God chose to redeem mankind. So, you know, people will look at it and say, well, I didn't choose to be here. So why do I have to, to live this life? Why do, is that my only choice? Why do I have to choose this? And we really, by, by looking at it in, in those way, in that way, we are really denying the grace of God. We're taking the grace of God for granted that there is a way that was made for all men to be saved. There was a way for salvation and men don't choose him because they say that I didn't choose to be here. Wasn't my choice. I didn't choose to be in this situation. Why do I have to choose you? Why do I have to choose this path? And the Apostle Paul in Galatians is talking to the, to the church at Galatia and, and he's explaining, he go, he, he's explaining about the law and how the law came into being and how the law was no longer, the law was meant to show you how you couldn't do it without God. And then the Jewish people, as they're coming into the, coming into the knowledge of Jesus Christ and the Gentiles are coming into the knowledge of Jesus Christ, all of a sudden there's this war on and there's this, the Jews are saying, but yet you have to live like this. And Paul's saying, but no, if you continue to live like that, then you nullify what Christ did. If you're saying that, that I can still do it this way, I can do it with any other way except through Christ, you're nullifying the price that was paid, you're nullifying the grace of God. Let me read this to you in, in Galatians 2. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm skipping most of you can read this in Galatians 2, but in 2.21, it says, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. And I'm reading in the New Living Translation. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. If me keeping the law or doing good or doing right, living right was, was enough to fulfill everything that Christ would not have needed to die. There would not have needed to be that way of salvation. There would not have needed to be another provision away because we could have done it on our own. But we cannot be good enough or live on our own righteously enough to earn what Christ has given us. 
We couldn't earn the way of salvation. We couldn't earn our redemption back. We couldn't earn our way back to, to God because, you know, not, not just because we've, we've lived horrible lives or not so horrible lives or almost as good as someone else or, or maybe I'm, I'm living my life to be uh, the best I can be and that should be good enough. I, I treat everybody good. I treat everybody with respect. I don't do, uh, you know, I, I, I live the golden rule. But the law itself, if we, if we earn, if we're trying to earn our place in the kingdom of heaven by doing or fulfilling the law, then we're, we're taking Christ out of it. We're saying, I can do this without him. I can do this without the lifeboat. I didn't choose to be here. I didn't choose to come out here in this life, but I can make it without your help. I can make it on my own. I'll figure it out. I'll make my own way. I'll do it my way. I'll do it. And this is the, you know, I'll do the best I can. And that's got to be good enough. Well, God showed through the law that there's no way that we could be good enough. The law showed us that we are imperfect and we can't fulfill or complete that law by ourselves because we're going to miss it. We're going to fail. We're going to break it. We're going to, we're going to mess up in some way. And when we mess up and we fail, then it's over. That's it. If you're going to be perfect, if you're going to be complete without God, if you're going to be absolutely perfect, then it's like a window pane that is, is, is a big pane of glass and it's complete and it's perfect. But if it gets a tiny little crack in it, a tiny little ding in it, one tiny little crack or one tiny little ding, then that is, it is useless. It's broken. It's worthless. It devalues the whole pain. One tiny little crack, even if it's hidden behind the frame, it's still broken and it's devalued and it's not perfect. Just because you can't see it all, it's weakened it. And eventually that crack will begin to grow and grow and grow. It's like if you ever had a, a windshield that had a crack in it, a tiny little crack. And then the, a few weeks later, all of a sudden the crack's a little bit bigger. A few weeks later, it's bigger and bigger because once it has, once it has been penetrated, once it's been broken, it's had, had the, the, the perfect, its perfectness or its soundness has been, has been, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> the, the soundness of it has, has been, uh, compromised. Once it's been compromised, then it begins to fail more and more and more until it's completely useless and worthless. And we look at it like, you know, well, but it's only a small thing or it's only little. No, if you're going to be perfect without God, you've got to be perfect completely and you cannot be. And that's the reason why Christ came. And the Apostle Paul is saying, I don't treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. And he's trying to explain to the to those that were saying that, yeah, but we still have to keep the, the customs and the law and all this. Well, if you're going to say you have to do that, what happens when you fail? What happens when it's broken? What happens when it collapses? What happens when it, it's not good enough? Because one small part of brokenness makes it all incomplete. It makes it imperfect. And you can't go before a holy, perfect God being imperfect. And then you say, well, who in the world could be saved? Who could go before God? We can, by the grace of God, through Jesus Christ, boldly go into the throne of God. We are able to go into the presence of God without fear of being rejected, without fear of, of being cast away or cast aside because we're not going with 
a list of all of the things that we did that were perfect and everywhere we did that was good enough and, and asking for a grade and saying, hey, is this an A plus? Is this an A, you know? No, because it has to become not one part of it missing. If we went before him and said, grade my life based on all the things I did, and then if you missed it, and even if it's a B, it's not good enough. It has to be absolutely perfect, 100%. It can't have one small thing out of order, out of place, broken or wrong. You can't have made one mistake. You can't, could not have made one failure because you can't keep redoing it over and over under the law. The law says you break it, you're punished, you're, you're, this is your judgment, you're condemned. It's final. If you're going to go by legal or the law or how if, if we can do it in ourselves or we can live this life without the grace of God, without receiving the, the salvation through Jesus Christ, we're trying to fulfill it on our own. We're trying to complete it and make it perfect in imperfectness. We're trying to make something perfect that cannot be because there's no way that we can live our life without ever making a mistake. And if you believe that, I can ask, well, have you made a mistake up until this point? Have you sinned against God? Have you ever done anything that was wrong against anyone? Have you ever acted outside of love? Have you ever lusted? Have you ever stolen, lied, done anything wrong, anything at all that was remotely against uh, you know, the, the will of God remotely outside of love? Have you ever done anything to harm anyone emotionally, physically, or whatever? You, you, you know, even if it was manipulating, taking, you lied, you, whatever, anything that was against someone or against the Lord God himself. Have you ever, if you, could you say, I've never done anything? Well, if you say that, one, you're lying right there. But if you say it, and, you, and maybe you lived in Manhattan, which I know is not, there's no way you could do it in this flesh. But if you did, then tomorrow you will be failing. Tomorrow you will mess up or the next day. But you will not live your life without one, uh, one mistake or one sin, one failure before a holy God, before our precious holy father who is perfect. You won't be able to do it. You can't live that life. But you can live it through Jesus Christ. You can live it by believing on the one that he sent. And so the, Apol the Apostle Paul in Galatians is, is trying to tell the church at Galatia, look, people are going to tell you that this is how you can live and how you're supposed to live and, and, and to live this way. And then you're going to get confused because somebody else is going to come up and they're going to say, no, you got to live. You still got to live the law. You still got to live under all these things. Well, you, you do live right and you do live righteously but you're not living righteously for the purpose of earning your salvation you're living righteously because you are saved you're living righteously because you've been delivered you're living a holy life because you've been saved from the the darkness and the saved from uh, death hell and the grave you've been delivered from that you've been given life eternal that's why you live righteously you live righteously because you're changed you live righteously because you're a different person than you were before. You live righteously because you've been born again. You're a new creation. You're no longer the same who you were before. You live righteously and holy and pure to the best of your ability. And when in any time there is impurity or any time you're not living up to that, then you've got the grace of God that covers you. You've got the relationship with God Almighty Himself that you, you, you go to Him and you say, Father, I, I'm wrong. I, I'm outside of your plan. I'm outside of your will, but I thank you that you still don't reject me. 
Lord, I'm coming back to you, not running away from you. Lord, I'm trusting in you, not running to something else or some other way. But Lord, I'm coming to you saying, God, I am incomplete without you. And I thank you that you've already forgiven me. And I receive that forgiveness. I receive that restoration. I receive my life in you. I receive the blessing of the Lord. All of those things, it's it's different coming to God when you know He's not going to reject you. It's different coming to God when you know even if you've blown it big time, messed up greatly, done the made the worst decision of your life, that if you still come back to Him, if you come to Him, He will not reject you. That is the best daddy in all the world. You know, if you if you had a relation, if you had a father or a dad that was really a good dad, and any problem you had, you knew you could come to him, and he would not that he wouldn't correct you, or not that he wouldn't you you still wouldn't get uh, grounded, you still wouldn't get punished, but that you'd never be rejected as his son or daughter, you never would be turned away. Even if you had to pay for, even if you had to make recompense, even if you had to, to, if you've done damage to somebody's property or whatever, you stole something, even if you, because you had to repay it back, but he was there with you saying, look, what you did was wrong, own up to it, let's make it right, but let's move on, let's move forward. But it doesn't cut you off and say, oh, you shamed the family, you've shamed us, no longer do I call you my child, no longer. He didn't cut you off. If a heavenly father like that can live that kind of live that kind of life before you how much greater our heavenly father is greater than an earthly father whatever you do in this life you're doing it before your heavenly father and realize and then know this you come to him you don't run away from him you come to him with everything that you, failures faults shortcomings successes great moments, whatever it is, highs and lows, you bring it before the Father. You have a relationship with Him that you don't run from Him, but you run to Him. Good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it is, you're still in a relationship with your Heavenly Father. Don't turn away to something else because someone told you that, you know, you're no longer worthy of the kingdom. You're no longer, God is not pleased with you. God's not happy with you. God may not be pleased with the choices that you made, God, He's not pleased with with us doing wrong things. Even even that if, if we try trying our even trying our best to be a good person, we still fail. God's not pleased when we when we don't admit to that or we don't make it right. But He is still our Father. He doesn't turn us away or reject us just because we failed or we messed up. We keep running to Him. We keep going to Him. We keep that relationship open. You keep the communication line open. You didn't choose to be here. But don't reject the way that he made. Don't reject the plan, the salvation. Don't reject who he is and what he's done for you because you didn't choose to be here. You didn't choose this life. You didn't choose to be out on the boat. You didn't choose the situation. You didn't have any, any, uh, you didn't have any input in it at all to be there. You had no choice. You're in it, in the middle of it, but bless God, He's made a way for you to come out of any situation and come out victorious, living your life to follow after Him. Follow after God and don't treat the grace of God as meaningless. Don't treat it as meaningless or as devalue it because you're trying to live pure and holy and righteous without His help, without Him and doing it on your own and then saying to God, God, I've done it. I've earned it. I'm good enough to be here because you're going to, you're going to, it's going to be a rude awakening. If you stand before the Father 
and you try to declare all of the great things you did because you're going to come up short. But if you come up, come to the Father humbly and you say, Father, I don't deserve it and never deserve it, but I'm so glad that you gave me life eternal through Jesus Christ. I'm so glad that you gave me this life and I've come to you through your son, through what he did, and I receive the gift of forgiveness and salvation for my entire life so that I may be in the kingdom of heaven for all of eternity through what you did, the life bolt that you brought, and I choose life through you in the name of Jesus. Let me go ahead and end this in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord God, today, Lord, and we worship you. Father, we thank you for helping people to realize that you are there You've sent the provision. You've sent the lifeboat. You've sent the way out. You've sent the hope. You've sent the answer. And Lord God, whatever, every, every area of our life, wherever we mess up or we fail or we, we come up short, that Lord God, you make up the difference. And Father, thank you so much that we don't have to be perfect on our own. But through Jesus Christ, we stand before you perfect because his righteousness is on the inside of us. It's what he did, not what we have done. But Lord, only believing on the one that you sent and receiving the lifeboat, receiving the way of salvation. And we thank you in the name that's above every name, the precious name of Jesus. Amen.